It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. You are Locked On Redskins, your daily Washington Redskins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All righty, guys, it is episode number 200 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading, as always. And away we go. Uh, we already did... Earlier on Monday, episode number 199, I'm trying to catch up and or stay ahead of the curve, whatever you want, because I have a very busy uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, quite honestly, uh, with Bryce Harper and the Philadelphia Phillies coming into Washington, D.C. I'll be at Nationals Park both of those days and doing radio shows around that for 106.7 The Fan and trying to do my draft work and Redskins work and all that good stuff. Uh, So I'm trying to get a little bit ahead tonight um, or today, I should say, uh, and... um, So that's why the double episode will be posted here. All right, so let's get to it. On episode number 199, we talked about Kenny Britt visiting with the Redskins. We started a comprehensive statistical breakdown of the quarterback position and specifically Drew Haskins through our friends uh, and the comprehensive uh, scouting and analytics guide from Sports Info Solutions uh, called the SIS Football Rookie Handbook. We gave you a couple of numbers from there. So why don't we finish up on Dwayne Haskins um, with some numbers and some metrics from Pro Football Focus and their annual NFL draft guide. It is a must-have. I would absolutely uh, suggest that you get it. It's available right now at PFF's website. That's profootballfocus.com. Very easy to download. Uh, Again, you don't need a big, thick book or anything like that. It comes right to your computer, right to a PDF download, and away you go. So here's Dwayne Haskins, the 6'3", 231-pounder from Ohio State, and of course, out of Maryland, which makes him even more attractive. We gave you all of his actual passing numbers and the lack of experience, per se, uh, in terms of uh, Haskins' performance over one-plus year as the starting quarterback at 
The Ohio State University. But here's what you need to know from an advanced stat category, again, according to Pro Football Focus, in terms of adjusted completion percentage, uh, which is basically their own metric, and it doesn't punish a quarterback for balls that should have been caught and or drops or that sort of thing. Uh, And an adjusted completion percentage uh, for Dwayne Haskins, again, his regular completion percentage was 69.9% in 2018. Well, PFF has him at 77.1%, which ranks fifth in the country. His adjusted completion percentage versus pressure, which is always important to me, always important to me, was 62.5%, according to PFF, which ranks him 11th in the country. Again, what a quarterback does with somebody in his face, somebody steamrolling at him, is much more important than a free pocket and a free release and the ability to survey. So 62.5%, 11th in the country, still pretty darn good in my opinion. His adjusted completion percentage, Dwayne Haskins, versus the Blitz, 71.4%. Um, again, pressure different than Blitz. for Haskins, in this case, 14th in the country. On deep passes, his deep passing adjusted completion percentage, according to PFF, 48.6%. Deep passing generally, uh, I think PFF says 20-plus yards thrown in the air. 14th in the country, 48.6%. His drop rate, uh, meaning... Passes that should have been caught, should have been completed, that were dropped, 4.9%. Of course, that's not really on him, uh, which ranked 29th in the country. And his average depth of target, I should say 29th in the the draft class, his average depth of target, 9.1, is his average depth of target. Uh, Good for 37th. So, you know, again... He's not just dinking and ducking right around the line of scrimmage. So that is something to kind of keep in mind. It's not like he's going deep down the field every throw by any means, uh, but that is something certainly to keep in mind for Dwayne Haskins. Some very impressive numbers there that we uh, can pass along to you uh, as the Redskins get set to make this decision on what to do at the quarterback position and how far maybe they're willing uh, to go up. Just let me give you a couple of other numbers on Dwayne Haskins uh, real quickly here. Arm length, 33 and a half. Hands, 9 and 5 eighths. A 10-yard split, a little bit high, 1.76. His 40-yard dash kind of uh, in line with that of a 5.04. Again, we talked about him not being very fast. He's good in the pocket area and good at finding a little extra room, uh, but he's not really a straight-line guy or a a crazy runner or anything like that. Again, I don't want that. And his vertical jump, whatever that means, uh, for a quarterback is uh, 28.5. So that's Dwayne Haskins uh, in a nutshell there for you, the Ohio State quarterback and native of Potomac, Maryland. Now... We will take a quick time out here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. It is episode number 200. We will come back with a couple of more snapshot 
looks at the quarterback class uh, here in 2019 because that's where so much of the focus has been for the Washington Redskins. So we want to spend uh, extra time on that. We'll uh, get you a couple more prospects as well. We'll also try and update you on the stadium situation because there's more and more coverage of that. And in every day, it looks more and more like RFK. And that site is going to be the eventual site. Uh, of the Redskins new stadium drove past it the other day and boy does it need a lot of work but it looks more and more because of the political climate and because of Washington DC's at least right now desire to have the Redskins there and uh, Dan Snyder's desire to bring the Redskins back home to DC uh, and uh, at the site of the famed RFK stadium it looks looks like it's certainly inching closer and closer to becoming a one-time reality or a reality at some point. All right, we'll come back. We'll take that time out right now here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. It is episode number 200. That's 200. I've been with you for about 120 of these, maybe a little bit more. Uh, so I appreciate you guys hanging in there. I appreciate you being patient. Please download. Uh, please when you get in your car, make sure you tell your smart speaker device to play podcast Locked on Redskins. And make sure you follow at Locked Redskins on Twitter, at Locked on NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram. This is David Harrison of the Locked on Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, so here we go. It is episode number 200. Again, we welcome you back. I am your host, Chris Russell. Let's take a look at Will Greer. The other quarterback that Jay Gruden met with and had dinner with, as we told you about last week here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, and of course there will be more. Uh, Greer expected to visit Redskins Park if that hasn't already happened. Uh, the West Virginia quarterback, according to Sports Info Solutions and their annual uh, and now first SIS football rookie handbook, uh, that we were referencing in the last segment and certainly on episode number 199, Greer is their fifth fifth out of 14 ranked uh, quarterbacks, fifth out of 14 with a final grade of 6.4, which kind of puts him, uh, according to, you know, Sports Info Solutions, like right in that category of being, you know, a high quality backup, a dependent starter, that type of thing, basically a fringe starter, uh, they say Will Greer is. All right, so let's look at his strengths, arm talent productivity, first read throws, according to SIS, weaknesses, struggling under pressure, inconsistent in the clutch. And when he has his first read taken away, second and third read throws, uh, they list as his weakness. Uh, they also list as critical factors accuracy on a scale of uh, on a scale of one to nine, with nine being the highest, short accuracy a six, deep accuracy a six, pocket awareness a five, footwork a six, under pressure a four, not good, mobility a five, eh, arm strength six, release six, awkward throw five, eye discipline five, leadership six, and body comp 
is six. Again, basically everything is in the five and six category, which basically tells you that he's either a sufficient or a good quarterback, kind of depending on his growth and depending on his situation. Now, Will Greer certainly had some issues early on in his career, uh, but one of the things at Florida, and that's why he wound up uh, at West Virginia. Look, he, he a lot of out of shotgun. Um, it's a quick passing RPO, large, largely RPO based system um, under Dana Holgerson, who now left. Um, Greer is not your typical drop under center or drop from under center quarterback. The Redskins ideally want to be able to mix up all of their offensive looks. They want their quarterback to be under center sometimes. They want their quarterback to be out of pistol. They want their quarterback to be out of shotgun. It's not just a one-drop or one-look system by any stretch of the imagination. Now, the one thing that I would say is clearly they have emphasized, as has the entire NFL, going to more of the RPO looks, and certainly I expect that to continue uh, under Kevin O'Connell, the new offensive coordinator, and Tim Bertay, the new quarterbacks coach. And you have to kind of wonder whether a guy like Greer, who is, you know, again, not exactly a mobile guy, uh, but whether he is a guy that can, when the chips are down and when the, you know, when the questions are are, are basically being thrown all around him, can he handle that? Um, you know, I think he's a potential starter in the NFL. Um, I think, of course, a lot of it will depend on coaching, system, and scheme around him and talent around him. I certainly think he would benefit by coming to the Washington Redskins. Uh, but let me give you a couple more numbers uh, on Will Greer from, again, SIS. Uh, and these are just his overall numbers. In 2017 with West Virginia, he completed 64.4% of his passes, 250 for 388. 3,490 yards, 2005, uh, 2,057 of them in the air. 9.0 yards per attempt. 34 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 14 sacks, a rating of 109.6. In 2018, his final year at West Virginia, he improved the completion percentage to up to 67%, 266 for 397. So a couple more throws, more completions. 3,864 more yards, so that's good, but less air yards. So in order to get the accuracy up, they shortened up some of the throws that Will Greer had to make, yet his yards per attempt were at 9.7. 37 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, but took 24 sacks. So that's uh, an interesting number. Took a little bit more of a beating uh, in his final year at West Virginia. From a passing analytics standpoint, according to SIS, his on-target percentage throws were 78.7% in 2018. His catchable percentage rate, 83.1% in 2018. His average throw depth, 9.8 yards. That was down significantly again, which would make sense with some of the numbers that we were talking about. Uh, his average throw depth down from 11.5 to 9.8. He's not really a big scrambler. Uh, again, only had 24 carries for 85 yards, 3.5 uh, per uh, attempt and again that's rushing yards excluding sacks um when you get into some of the other areas for will greer 
his uh, what they call deep dive numbers. On deep throws, he went from 95.1 to 116.1 in his final year. So that's good. Under pressure, though, he went from 88.3 to 84.8. So he took a dip there. With no pressure, and these are passer ratings, um, with no pressure, Will Greer went from 119.5 at West Virginia in 2017 to 136.3 against man coverage. Pretty even across the board, actually, versus man coverage versus zone coverage. He went from 106.3 to 124.1 in 2018 versus man, 113.5 versus zone in 2017 to 123.6 against zone in 2018. So that means in 2018, whether it was man or zone, he was pretty damn accurate, pretty damn uh, on target. 124.1 versus man, 123.6 versus zone, again, according to SIS. Now, according to profootballfocus.com, because we want to make sure we give as much detail as we possibly can when it comes to all of these quarterbacks, uh, and again, we're doing Will Greer here from West Virginia. We did Dwayne Haskins split over episode 199 and split over this episode earlier, uh, episode number 220. According to Pro Football Focus, his grade for 2019, for 2018 rather, at West Virginia, a 91.2 for the six foot two, 217 pound uh, quarterback again from West Virginia. You, you know that he's matured. He's got a kid. He's been married for a couple of years, all that stuff. So he certainly made some mistakes early on in his career at Florida, which led to him coming to West Virginia. Uh, certainly he has kind of settled down uh, and mature, which is always good to see. His adjusted completion percentage, according to PFF, 76.6%, which has him ranked sixth. His adjusted completion percentage versus pressure is a little bit worrisome here 56.4 percent ranks him 26 this adjusted completion adjusted completion percentage easy for me to say against the blitz this is good 76.2 percent or that has him ranked third his deep passing adjusted completion percentage 51.3 has him ranked ninth drop rate 7.3 percent which has him ranked 7th. Average depth of target, 11.1, which has him ranked 11th. His arm length, 31.5, hands 9 and 3 eighths. 10-yard split, 168, 40-yard dash, 484. So he's much quicker, of course, uh, than Dwayne Haskins, as you would pretty much expect. Uh, broad jump, 112 even. Vertical jump, 34. Three-cone drill, th- uh, 709. 20-yard shuttle, 428. Again, he's got a lot more experience uh, in life and in terms of playing Division I-A college football at a pretty high level, having gone from Florida again to uh, West Virginia. Even at Florida in 2015, passed for 1,205 yards, 66.3%. Of course, 2016 was the year he sat out. And then at West Virginia, again, we gave you kind of the numbers uh, there in terms of the dropbacks, in terms of all of the numbers. His career completion percentage, 65.7. Certainly that is uh, pretty good. Certainly could be better. His career average yards per attempt, 9.0. 81 touchdowns, 23 interceptions for Will Greer out of West Virginia, who the Redskins have already met with and plan to meet with again in the draft process. All right, we will come back and finish things up here on episode 
episode number 200 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Thanks for being with us. Uh, Again, make sure when you get in your car, you tell your smart speaker device to play podcast Locked on Redskins. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, it is the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number 200. Thanks for being with us. We'll quickly wrap this up. I am your host, Chris Russell. Uh, this from thefandc.com and first reported via the Washington Post. So we want to make sure we give them credit. My friend Liz Clark has been all over this. Delegate Eleanor Holmes Norton of Washington, D.C. wants Congress to sell the land that is currently the RFK Stadium site to the city of Washington, D.C. Now, Norton is a non-voting member of Congress, but represents the District of Columbia. She's about set to file legislation that would allow Washington, D.C. to buy the 190 acres of land, according to the Washington Post. Again, the land is owned by the National Park Service and therefore leased to the district under that deal. What the bill would allow Washington, D.C. to do is pretty much do anything with the approval of the D.C. City Council, and that is a big step, but they could build new housing, recreational facilities, parks, they could build commerce, or they could build a new stadium at the old stadium site for the Washington Redskins. Now, Norton told uh, D.C. East she wants to put the piece of land back into use right now the stadium is sitting there nobody's playing there it's obviously rotting away she said quote it's a wasteland this is federal land that consists chiefly of parking lots she's right the federal government isn't using it all i'm trying to do is allow the district of columbia fair and square to purchase the land with the proceeds going to the u.s treasury seems like a pretty good deal for everyone right and dc then gets control of the land uh and they can then work out a deal with whoever they want again with approval from the rest of the D.C. Council, which figures to be very, very, very tough and hairy, uh, depending on how they, again, structure the deal. Now, why this is also important was because there was also the issue with the team name, Redskins, when and if they were to try and acquire this land, which, again, is currently owned by the National Park Service and therefore the federal government. Certainly, that was going to be an issue. It seems like it would be much less of an issue if Washington, D.C., as its own entity, represents the land ownership uh, of this. Now, D.C. Council member Charles Allen of Ward 6, according to The Post and TheFanDC.com, Of course, as a vocal critic, and this is what we mean, there's going to be people that are very much opposed to this, both residents and D.C. council members, which is why nothing is a slam dunk by any stretch, even if, again, the land is sold to D.C. He called building a new stadium for the Redskins, quote, a horrible waste of tax dollars, of taxpayer dollars, I should say. Uh, He said, build more housing, recruit more jobs, more parks that could connect to Anacostia neighborhoods. Anacostia is the river that basically goes around Nationals Park and Southeast Washington, D.C. and other parts uh, of D.C. Now, Muriel Bowser, currently the mayor of Washington, D.C., has been 
tied in here to the Redskins, especially a lot over the last year. Uh, she was at their homecoming gala and banquet. She had a proclamation to honor Vernon Davis with his own day. Uh, she has said over and over again a couple of times that D.C. is the true home for the Redskins, saying, quote, he knows one thing that I know when talking about Vernon Davis, that there's only one true home for the Washington Redskins, right? In Washington. Now, Eleanor Holmes Norton, back to her, said to the Post that her bill to acquire the land is not about the stadium uh, and that the draft of the legislation in order to acquire the property does not reference the Redskins or a new stadium. So it's not, again, definite by any stretch of the imagination that the Redskins could get this land to build, but they're running out of leverage. They're running running out of spots. They're running out of situations. They don't want to be at FedEx Field longer than they have to be, uh, which is uh, basically through the end of the 2027 season. Uh, Virginia does not seem like uh, an area that they can go to right now because of how the politics in that uh, Commonwealth have shaked out. Uh, and the, the, the bottom line is, is even though there's lots of opposition, there's going to be lots of support. So the question probably will come down to this. How much is Dan Snyder willing to foot the bill? If it is at a lower cost to taxpayers and they can sell it and they can sell the benefits, then I think this will go through. If Dan Snyder still expects the D.C. City Council and D.C. residents and uh, people that don't quite honestly have as much money as he does to foot the bill here, that's not going to go over well. So it is really important if the D.C. City Council gets this land that if they go forward with trying to get a stadium bill done and passed and approved and voted on, I assume, that Dan Snyder does not think that he can just do whatever he wants here and that they are going to literally get poor people to pay for his stadium. That's not going to happen. That's not the right way to do it. If Dan Snyder wants to contribute 65, 70, 75, 80%, whatever, I could see that potentially happening. And I'm just throwing out some rough numbers. All right, guys, before we get on out of here, we have some late breaking news that we wanted to pass along. We tweeted about it at Locked Redskins. But Ian Rappaport, who also broke uh, earlier on Monday the visit of veteran wide receiver um, Kenny Britt to the Redskins, also is now reporting that Redskins – Left tackle, Trent Williams, spent the last several weeks dealing with a medical scare that at one point, Rappaport says, had teammates concerned that he was going to have to miss the entire year. Check this out. Even though Rappaport now says, sources say, Williams should be ready for training camp, the health issue was so scary that... It was related to a growth or a tumor on his head that had doctors worried that it was malignant. He had the growth removed, and according to the sources and according to the story, uh, it is expected to not be a problem. But again, teammates have been under the impression until recently, according to Rappaport, that Williams could miss the season. Not that he would, but that he could. And apparently everything is good right now. Now, 
This is scary because Williams had posted a picture on his Instagram that people had saw and were worried about. And I know J.P. Finley of NBC Sports Washington had asked Jay Gruden about this at the Combine. And he dismissed it and blew it off and said, ah, everything's fine. Nothing. No big deal. And I remember we played that audio on this particular podcast. So here's a quick lesson. One. You should always take everything medically seriously, and I know I have to do a better job of that. Two, Trent Williams, a tough son of a you-know-what. And three, never, ever, 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 and I say this forever and ever and ever and ever, ever trust any head coach, any general manager, any owner, any executive fully, 100% at their word. I'm not saying Jay was trying to completely mislead people. Maybe he just didn't know enough about it. I've been around Jay and I've been around coaches and people of power long enough to know that they often dismiss injury concerns. They often dismiss severity um, because they don't want widespread panic and they don't want all the questions and they don't want the harassment. And in this case, looks like there was a lot to be concerned about. I'll just leave it there and let you guys kind of decide uh, where to take that from there. But I don't, I'm not one of these people, unlike others in the media, and there's plenty of guys that I know and respect that take everything that a head coach or a general manager says literally and figuratively. And their word is, is what they say is always the truth. I'm not saying it wasn't, but I'm not saying it was. And I've been around long enough to know that no matter what they say, same thing we did with Colt McCoy last week. They can say all they want. No big deal. He's definitely going to be ready for OTAs. Again, Jay Gruden is not a doctor. Jay Gruden generally doesn't care about that stuff. And Jay Gruden has been wrong a lot when it comes to that. That's why the medical trainer and the doctors should always be the ones to speak about those particular issues. My opinion. All right, that's going to do it for us right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number 200. Thanks for being with us. I am your host, Chris Russell. Uh, and please remember to go check out the new Himalaya podcasting app for their personally curated playlists and all of that good stuff uh, that you can listen and make sure you tell them you want and download Locked on Redskins. That'll do it for episode number 200. Back as soon as we can right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Adios. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.